Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. In this uncertain information age of big tech and media censorship, be sure and pick up my bestseller, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Slanted reveals what's really behind these trends and what you can do about it. Today, some states searching for revenue in the age of coronavirus expenses and shutdowns are finding themselves searching for the stars. Today, a look at a story that I like to call Star Search. Whether it's because of high taxes or increasing crime, or the coronavirus restrictions and lockdowns, you already know there's been a big shift in population and jobs away from some of the most populous cities and states to other places. Well, Hollywood is one example. Over the past year, primarily due to coronavirus, more and more movie productions have quietly relocated from Los Angeles to other destinations, some of them in far-flung places of the United States, places that are delighted to have the business and, in fact, have been courting it. The competition for movie money is growing fierce, and on this week's Full Measure, I head to Montana because nestled in Montana's scenic boondocks, I found a small western town. You'll want to see this story on Sunday, February 14th on Full Measure because it's a feast for the eyes. The scenery out in Montana, which makes it such a great place to make films, But in the middle of nowhere, there's a little western town that looks like it's straight out of the 1800s. There's a church, there's the jail, but it's all a big movie set, a town-sized movie set. And in fact, they were making a movie when I was there called Murder at Emigrant Gulch. And they were preparing for that. They had another movie coming up uh, really pretty soon in the spring with a big cast, some big names. The executive producer of Murder at Emigrant Gulch talked to me. His name is Carter Bame, and he created and built and owns this Western set, this town, which is called Yellowstone Film Ranch, and it's near Livingston, Montana, officially really in the middle of nowhere. Now, he rents out this town for movie productions for about $10,000 a day. And when I say in the middle of nowhere, there really aren't a lot of hotels. I think there's just one hotel we stayed at in the area, sort of an old, they call it a spa, but probably not what most people think of as a spa. Not really grocery stores and shops and so on there. So why would people come here? Well, the movie set was built only because of a novel incentive program that the state has put into place specifically to attract Hollywood dollars. They need to make it worthwhile for producers to come there to make their films or do their TV productions. And BAME, in fact, helped lobby for the incentive program in Montana. They call it the Media Act. Media stands for the Montana Economic Development Industry Advancement Act. 
what does it do? It offers really what to me was pretty complicated, but a tax credit to filmmakers that in practical terms ends up knocking about a third off of their expenses. So this, according to BAME, turns Montana into a super movie industry. When they built that town alone, by the way, they used 25 full-time employees from the area for over a year. And they said they had 50 different contractors that they were working with, all, of course, Montana residents. So that brings business and jobs and money to Montana. And Montana is just one of a growing list of states. You already probably have heard about Georgia's movie industry. They're attracting a lot of films and television production. Louisiana's another. New York's another. There's a heated competition for this Hollywood money because it's seen as clean industry that provides well-paying jobs and doesn't really cost a lot to bring in. Now, BAME says that Montana's particular incentives, the way they work, have saved about $1.5 million dollars of their $5 million movie budget. And without that promise, he says they wouldn't have filmed in Montana and they wouldn't have put those dozens of people to work building the town movie set, hoping for more people and more films. But even before the tax credits, Montana was a movie destination. I didn't know about all the movies that have been filmed there, but they have a website that lists them. It's kind of fun to look at. And I spoke to Allison Whitmer, who's Montana's film commissioner. She pointed out that Way back starting with Thomas Edison, they kind of considered that the beginning of their film industry. In 1897, Edison came and filmed tourists at Yellowstone National Park. And I will show a bit of that on my story February 14th on Full Measure. Then, of course, there were the cowboy movies in the 1910s and the 1920s. Some of those were filmed in Montana. I'll have a clip of one of those. Those movies that look like they're sort of in the hills or in a desert with a lot of cowboys and tons of Indians having those standoffs and those fights. Then there was a resurgence in filmmaking that Montana enjoyed in the 1970s. You know, there was uh, Clint Eastwood movies, just a whole list of movies on their website. Then in 1991, maybe one of the most famous ones, A River Runs Through It with Robert Redford. Remember that? And ever since then, really, I think it's become more and more popular for films. There was The Horse Whisperer, in 1998, and most of the 2019 film, Robert the Bruce, well, it was set in Scotland, but most of it was filmed in Montana because they can make parts of Montana look exactly like Scotland looks. And then there's the TV show Yellowstone, which is a Paramount television series. They have been filming in both Montana, but mostly in Utah. But this past year, they moved their entire production from Utah to Montana. Now, it is Allison Whitmer's job as the film commissioner to try to step up the effort to attract more bigger budget productions under Montana's media law to make sure people know about those tax incentives and that maybe it will drum up some more business. And she explained to me that, you know, Montana's rural, there are counties where their entire operating budget for the year is under a million dollars. And there's some places with population of less than a thousand people. So when these productions come into those rural areas, it really can make a difference in terms of revenue and what it brings. One analysis found that during the 18 months from January 2019 to June 2020, now this includes a big part of the COVID shutdown, 117 productions were filmed in Montana. That's a lot. Again, this is including several months of the shutdown. So those productions spent about $24 million, 
in 31 of Montana's 56 counties. These productions supported 280 jobs and contributed $1.3 million in local tax revenue. But there is a bit of a catch because it's not easy to draw a direct line between all of those productions and the new incentive program of tax credits under the Media Act because of all the productions I just told you about, of 117 productions, only five of them participated in the tax credit. So the others presumably were coming there anyway or were already going on. And on top of that, there's a bit more controversy because the state spends taxpayer money to give the tax incentives. So it is not a 100% support of the Media Act tax credit of this idea to bring in film production. Not everybody thinks that's a good idea. So I spoke with a man named Alan Redfield, who headed the state's House Taxation Committee when the media law was passed. And he is against it, really just because it's a tax credit and no other reason. He says that, yes, it may help some Montana communities, but it leaves others out in the cold. He doesn't doubt that there's a benefit to some people, but overall, he doesn't think there's a total benefit to the state because of the money they have to spend in tax credits versus what comes in. So I hunted around to see where reality meets predictions. In other words, is this really the Media Act going to bring in more productions and is it going to be a net gain for Montana? Nobody really knows yet. They're going to be measuring this every year. But the film commissioner insists that Montana would risk getting crossed off the list on the front end by productions that are looking for places to locate if it doesn't at least match what some other states are offering. Whitmer told me that Georgia and California are, of course, the big leaders in filmmaking with Louisiana and New York close behind. And then Montana, of course, is doing quite well. But the tax incentive really makes them competitive with other states and puts them in the top tier of the competition. And her idea that Montana would lose opportunities without the tax credit, that seemed to be supported by a woman I interviewed when I was in Montana. You'll hear from her on Full Measure Sunday. Her name is Kim Barnard. She's the line producer of a production starring Demi Moore. It's going to be called Please, Baby, Please. And it was filming at the historic Hotel Finland in Butte, Montana, when I visited. And I asked this producer, Kim Barnard, if the tax incentive program played a role in getting Montana considered for Please, Baby, Please. And she said 100%. And I said, well, how do you decide when you're looking for places to film where you might go. And she specifically said, we look for who has the best tax incentive, which state can offer us what we need because on a low budget indie film and independent film, all of that, she says, is super important, makes a big difference. Something else that's been a factor is the Hollywood shutdowns. Apparently, according to people who work there, they've told me that there are more and more restrictions to do any production at all. Remember that rant or actually two rants that you heard on the news by Tom Cruise when people were on the set, I guess, not following the proper precautions and he sort of lost his mind because the whole production might be shut down if people find out they're not following protocol. But someone told me that in some instances, the productions almost have to be done in a bubble. It's very hard and it's time consuming and it's expensive. So that's another thing that's pushing some people who want to produce their films and television productions pushing them to look for other places outside of Hollywood that don't have such strict limitations. 
A place like Montana, the rural area is attractive because they don't have the same, they didn't have the same coronavirus epidemic as was happening in places like California. I spoke to a costume designer, Ashley Heathcook, who's worked all over the place, and she said she feels that the less populated areas are safer probably for everyone and that she's happy to go anywhere where there are low numbers and not a big population in the age of coronavirus. So an interesting story, a fun story that you will see on Full Measure Sunday, February 14th. After a short break, how bad were the numbers for Hollywood last year? Those are just out. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're back. And I'm going to read you some of the numbers that are in about film production in Los Angeles and Hollywood numbers overall. The Los Angeles Times recently reported that on-location filming in L.A. produced 18,993 shoot days in 2020. Well, how they calculate that's not so important. What you need to know is that's down 48% from 2019, the lowest level in over 25 years. That's according to the film permitting group Film LA. A few stats, feature films saw the biggest decline with the number of shoot days in 2020 down 56% from the previous year. Television shoot days declined 38%. There was an interesting shift, though, toward easier-to-film reality TV programs. In fact, in the fourth quarter, TV generated 6% more production over the earlier year. That was driven again by reality TV production, up 93% during that time period. And then looking at a Variety article about box office revenue in North America, they hit a 40-year low, no surprise, in 2020. It says struggling to reach $2.2 billion in total as movie theaters were forced to stay closed for a significant portion of the year. Some of them are still closed. I think a couple of them in my area, one or two may have gone out of business because others are open and they've just stayed closed. Anyway, There's an 80% year-over-year decline from 2019 in box office revenue, according to Comscore, as reported by Variety. There was a near-record number of box office returns in 2019, by the way. That was almost, well, it was a little above $11 billion. That's attributed to the smash success, says Variety, of Avengers Endgame, The Lion King, and Spider-Man Far From Home. So 2020 not only was devastating, but it came after a very big year. Worldwide returns, says Variety, suffered a similar fate, with global ticket sales down 71% from the year before, when it had cemented a new industry high. The bulk of international earnings in 2020, guess what, came from China. For the first time, China was the world's biggest movie-going market. Kind of ironic that the coronavirus is believed to have 
originated in China, and they had a great year, or at least better than everybody else when it comes to the movie-going industry. I mean, they didn't do as well as they would have, but they did better than other people. They had a local war epic called The 800, which was their highest-grossing movie, not just in China but worldwide, with $461 million in ticket sales. What did do okay, I mean, at least among others in a bad year in the U.S., Bad Boys for Life, which Variety says was the third entry in the Will Smith and Martin Lawrence-led action series. That was the top earner at the box office. That was a Sony movie released in mid-January, notably before coronavirus was everywhere in the country, and that generated $204 million from domestic theaters. To compare, the, the highest-grossing movie in 2019, Avengers Endgame, produced $848 million in ticket sales from North America. So that's $848 million in 2019 for the highest-grossing movie in this region, $848 million compared to just $204 million in 2020 for the highest-grossing movie, that Bad Boys for Life movie. Second place, by the way, and I saw this film, was the World War I drama 1917, which actually debuted on a limited basis in 2019 and then opened wide nationwide in January. And that ultimately generated $157 million in North America. Variety says the third highest grossing movie of the pandemic year was Sonic the Hedgehog. And they call that an unexpected breakout. It ended its theatrical run with $146 million in revenue. And for the first time since 2015, Disney did not produce the highest grossing film of the year. Disney released the X-Men superhero thriller, says Variety, The New Mutants, and Pixar's Onward. The year's biggest movie, though, from Disney was Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That launched on Christmas Day, actually right before 2020, at the end of 2019, and added about $100 million in ticket sales. It was also the first time, says Variety, that Disney did not dominate the market share. Sony commanded 22% of the domestic market with $493 million. Universal was next with $487 million and about 22% of stateside market share. Warner Brothers and Disney landed in third and fourth place with Warner Brothers at 258 million, about coming into 12% of the market. With Disney, 255 million, a little less, a little below 12% of the market. Now, I don't know about you, but I still like to go to the movie theater, and I've missed not going nearly as much in the past year. Even when the movie theaters reopened and You could sit far apart and do all of the safety measures. A lot of my friends didn't really want to go. I don't blame them, but we've had to wait. I don't want to go to the movies alone. But I think the experience is fun. Sometimes I just find a movie to go to at the movie theater. It's not that I'm even going to see a special movie because I like leaving the house, getting into a dark, cool room, getting some popcorn and a Coke and settling in and just having that couple of hours. Something about it. You can catch my story on Montana and other states searching for the stars and all of the competition for Hollywood dollars on Sunday, February 14th on Full Measure. If you don't have a TV station in your area, well, first, if you want to know if you do, you can go to fullmeasure.news and click About, and it will give you a list. Or go to CherylAckeson.com, 
and click full measure at CherylAckeson.com. And that gives you a list. Plus, it tells you how to watch on our app called STIR, S-T-I-R-R, live or on demand. But I still think the easiest way to watch full measure, at least if you're not a regular viewer yet, is to go anytime to fullmeasure.news. And the segments from the previous week are always up there. And the segments from the current week are posted on Sundays around 11 or 12 Eastern time after the show airs across the nation. So that's the easiest way to catch Full Measure anytime, live or replay. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson Podcast, and subscribe to both the Cheryl Ackeson Podcast and Full Measure After Hours, Wherever you like to listen, leave a good review and share it with your friends. Don't forget to pick up my new bestseller, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.